Said I was in my early forties With a lot of life before me And a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days Looking at the x-rays Talking about the options And talking about sweet time I still went and sank in this really might be the real end How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what'd you do? I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.77 On a bulletproof venture And I love deeper and I Slow, sweeter and I Someday I hope you get the chance To live like you were dying So that was finally the husband And most of the time I wasn't and I became a friend A friend would like to have all of a sudden going fishing Was in such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad But I finally read the good book And I took a good long hard look At what I'd do if I could do it all again And then I went skydiving Rocky Mountain climbing, I've 2.77 on a full day boom and I love deeper and I slow, sweeter and I gain forgiveness. I'm in the night. And since someday I hope you get the chance to live like you would die. God is hurting you to think about what you do with it. What could you do with it? What could I do with it? What would I do with it? Skydiving, I've been Rocky Mountain climbing, I've been 2.76 on the
I love, you know, I told the first service, I said that, you know, my inner redneck starts crawling out whenever they start playing that song, and so I, I, that's the last time they're going to play it, because our series ends today, and so uh, we're going to, we're looking for some Bob Dylan songs, I think that'll be a real challenge uh, for James, uh, but, uh, but we are going to, I'm going to miss, uh, listen, to, uh, listen to them sing that song, but we're concluding our series, you might say, what's the point of us going through a series, live like you were dying? And really the hope is that as we have gone through this series that we will begin to, to recognize our own mortality, to recognize that life doesn't last forever. And because of that, we want to make sure that we spend our lives well, that we, that we do live like we're dying. And so really we've been trying to focus on our mortality. And I know that that's not real fun to focus on the fact that we're not going to be around forever But the hope we have is that those of us who are believers, that God has promised us that there is a life that is beyond this one. And I mean, I am grateful for that. Uh, The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 11 through 13, this is what God has said. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, Jesus Christ. So whoever has God's Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And I write this to you so that you who believe in the Son of God may know that you have eternal life. That is the hope that we have. And because of that, you know, as we live, let's live like we're dying. Let's live with everything that we've got. Now, I believe that a lot of us, as we face life, we're very similar uh, to the Olympic ski jumper. And that's like probably my favorite thing in the Winter Olympics is watching those guys, you know, they have those big ramps, and they wear helmets, which is really awesome, and they bend down a tuck position, and they go flying down the ramp, and right as they get to the launch point, you know, they jump off, and they, they lean into it as much as they can, and they, they just see how far they can fly. Now, I, there's no way I'd ever do that, but it's fun to watch it. Now, whenever they go up, and they're flying through the air, they're trying to get the most out of that flight as possible, but once you go up, what eventually is going to happen? You're going to come down. And then the next question is, well, then what? Now, and, and a lot of us, we, we live life like this. We, we look at this life and, you know, we get all hunkered down for this life and we lean into it. We're trying to go as fast as we can and we get to the launching point and we jump off and we're tilting as far as we can, trying to get as much out of it as we can. But eventually we're going to come down. And then the question comes for us after this life, well then what? And it's my hope as we look into our text today that we're going to be able to answer that question. A lot of us, we we have answers for this life and what we're trying to achieve and what we're trying to do in this life without giving a whole lot of thought to, well then what? You know, because we don't live forever. And so what we're going to do is in our passage of scripture, we're going to see a man interrupt Jesus as he was teaching, and he asked Jesus a question that was just relegated to this life. And so Jesus responded to the man in hopes that he would get him to move his thinking beyond just this life and begin to pay attention to the fact that there is a future that goes beyond this life. And that's my hope for for me and you as well today. That we'll understand that while this life is important, Guys, there is another one that is coming. 
And so if you have your Bible, we're going to look today in Luke chapter 12 in verse number 13. And so as you're turning there, I'll kind of give you a little background information. Uh, there were thousands of people that were following after Jesus at this text, wanting to hear him teach. And they wanted to hear what he had to say because he was an incredible teacher. But as he was teaching, there was a man who asked him a question. And the question was real interesting. Uh, it was a very, it was a, it was a question that dealt simply with this life. He said, I have an inheritance, or my brother got an inheritance, and I want it. And Jesus, I want you to be the arbitrator and tell my brother, give me some money. Now Jesus kind of rebukes the guy as we look into our story, because the man's take and everything in life was just focused on what was going on right now. He wasn't giving any thought to future things. And so Jesus was trying to redirect his thinking. And I hope that you'll redirect your thinking today as well to understand that this life has more to it than just this life. And I think a lot of us, as we go through life, we end up ignoring one of the most important facets of our life, which is eternity. Now I know that that's, I know for me that's just real hard for me to get my mind around because all I know is this stuff right here. I mean, right? That's all I know. And so when you start talking about stuff, you know, like after I die, I struggle with that. And I struggle with it because I just, for one, it, it seems like, then there's no way. You know, just humanly speaking, it seems impossible. But also I struggle with it because I just, I have a hard time grasping exactly what it means. And I think a lot of us make some real big mistakes in this life because we don't give much thought to what comes next. And so I just want to share with you a few mistakes that a lot of us make concerning our eternity and, and, and overlooking our eternity. And I believe one of the very first mistakes that we make is this. We live like this life is all there is. We live like this life is where it's all at, and after that, it's just all over. Now, I want to read to you from verses 13 through 15. It says, Someone from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, he said to him, Who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? He then told them, Watch out, be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Now, Jesus is teaching here. As he's teaching, somebody interrupts him as he's teaching. Now, as a pastor, I read this and I thought, man, that'd be a little disconcerting. Yeah, I mean, it'd be strange if I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm talking to y'all, and then one of y'all stands up during the middle of the service and starts talking to me, asking me questions. Uh, that, would, that would, for one, that would freak me out. But my dad's a pastor, and I remember as a kid, my dad used to be really, uh, I love my dad. He's, he's a lot of fun, but dad used to be really type A, uh, just very, uh, gosh, I, high strung in a lot of ways. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad was preaching. Y'all, this has nothing, this is just sort of a fun story. I just had a memory of my dad. He's preaching, and this lady stands up in the middle of a sermon, and she starts talking to him. And she's like, well, I, you know, this is what I think. And he's just talking. I'm looking, going, man, this is crazy. And dad, just knowing, if you knew my dad, you'd say, yeah, I could see him doing this. He looked at her, and he said, hey, lady. He said, this is a monologue. It's not a dialogue. And I was just like, man, that, what a great, I mean, I can't, I don't even think that quick. And so I, I've got, if that ever happens, I'm hanging on to that line. So, you know, I'm hoping that I'll be able to use it. Anyway, uh, in our text, this guy interrupts Jesus. Now, it wasn't, and it was a custom of the day, 
for people to do this. It was not a sign of disrespect. He was just asking the rabbi a question because he valued what he had to say. Now, if you look in your text, if you have your Bible, go ahead and look in your Bible. What did he ask Jesus? What was his question about? Remember? About an inheritance. What is that about? His question was totally focused in the here and now. Now, Jesus had been teaching about the importance of the future. If you look in the preceding verses, Jesus had jumped all over the religious teachers of the day, saying, you guys are just concerned about power and prestige, the stuff of this life. You're concerned about your own power. You don't want to give any thought to the things of God and the power of God working through you. Okay, so he's saying, listen, your focus is to be upon the things of God, not yourself. Okay, so here's what Jesus is teaching, and then this guy hops in with a question. I want more money. It's not a very good question. It's kind of inappropriate. It's almost like he was, he, the teachings of Jesus was going in one ear and out the other. Yeah, 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 Jesus, I hear what you're saying, but I want more money. And so Jesus rebukes him. Now, it's not that Jesus is saying, I don't want you to think about the things that are going on in your life right now. Those things are important. But he wasn't saying, I want you to be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. But the man in our text had everything backwards. He was allowing his present circumstances to take precedent over the future. And Jesus wanted the man, and he wants us, to allow our future to determine how we live today. To think about your future and allow that to inform the decisions you make today. You might say, well, what does that mean? Let me give you an example. Every once in a while I like to go, I, I will go and I will look at cars. And I remember last year I happened to be in a dealership and we have some guys in church who work in car dealerships and I was on the floor was a 2012 Shelby. Okay, that's a cool car. And you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I was like, man, this is a really not nice car. And one of the salesmen came over to me and he begins to tell me about the value of that car. You know, how many liters it has, how much horsepower it has. And I'm sitting there nodding my head going, yeah. And he's like, you would look good in this car. I was like, yeah, I know I would. And he just keeps on talking. He's like, and this car could be yours. And I look at the sticker, $64,000. Okay, and I'm thinking, how can I make this work? You know, so... And then I began to think, you know, and I've, I've been married long enough now to where I, actually, I have some brains. And so I started thinking, I was like, okay, I have kids. I'd like them to eat. You know, I'd like them to go to college. I would like to go home and be able to survive during the night after, you know, because I'd be afraid to go to sleep with Emily if I drove home with a Shelby and, you know, wake up the next morning with a knife in my neck. And so I was thinking, you know what? Yeah, that looks really good, but, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get that car. Now, that's an example of maturity. That's an example of me allowing my, my, uh, my future to determine my present. Well, that's what Jesus is telling the man in our text. The man was so focused on getting his share of the inheritance. Now, if he got it, it's going to cause problems between him and his brother. If he didn't get it, there's going to be bitterness. That's why Jesus said you have to be on guard against greed. Why? Because, guys, life, real life, is not found in how much money you have. It's not, it's not found in, in the stuff that you collect in this life. You know, every year our church goes to Haiti, second poorest country in the world. And yet we see people there who have joy. 
Y'all, I'm telling you, it is the, it is the most devastating, uh, I mean, I don't even know the words to use. It is so poor, you can't even imagine it. And then I see people there with joy. Now, if joy came from our bank account, you could look into your bank account and tell how happy you are. It's not the way it works. I, t- I guarantee you, the people in Haiti, those who have joy, they don't have joy because of their bank account. They don't have a bank account, y'all. They don't have anything. Where's that joy come from? The joy comes from the Lord. It really does. Paul explained it better in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He said, I don't say this out of need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I know both how to have a little, and I know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I'm able to do all things through Him who strengthens me. Strength does not come in the size of your bank account, in your prestige, in your power. It's not where it comes from. Where does it come from? It comes from the eternal power of God. And one of the biggest mistakes that we make concerning our eternity is we live this life like it's the only one there is. That is a big mistake. Now, another mistake that we make concerning overlooking our eternity is this one. We live like there's always going to be more time. So many of us live like we have all the time in the world. Uh, Let's see, look in verse number 16. Jesus told them a parable. And in the parable, it was a rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? Now, he didn't have anywhere to store his crops because he had a bumper crop. He had a ton of extra grain. He said, what what should I do? He said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and store my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. Listen to what God says. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus oftentimes, to get his point across, would tell parables. And parables are just stories that are used in order to convey some moral or some spiritual lesson. And he tells a parable here to do just that. The parables of a rich rich farmer, bumper crop, everything's going his way. He's like, man, my barns, I've got so much stuff, my barns can't even hold it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to tear down my old barns, I'm going to build bigger ones. And I'll, I'll be able to store all my grain. And then what's he going to do? He said, I'm going to kick back, relax, and I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Now, on the surface, I look at that and I think, this guy's on top of his game. This guy's a planner. I like planners. I'm not a good planner. This guy is. Um, some of you are good planners. Some of you plan for years. But, you know, putting money in accounts so that your kids are going to be able to go to college. Like I said, I'm not that great of a planner. My, my original plan before I got married is my kids are going to be great in athletics. You know, and then they're going to sign, they're going to sign with the the Braves or the Cowboys get a big signing bonus, then you get married and your wife kind of looks at you and goes, have you looked at yourself? You don't understand a chance. And I'm thinking, alright, my new plan. You know, new plan is good luck and marry somebody really wealthy. You know, so, so that's, you know, that planning is, is a great thing. 
Some of you plan well. You plan about how, how you're going to pay off your house. And those things are great things. But if that is where your future vision ends, that is so short-sighted. If that is where your future takes you about how to pay things off, let me tell you something, you are missing out. The guy in our text had done well. He was very successful in his work. He had planned for the future, but in light of eternity, his thinking was short-sighted. And Jesus said, you're a fool. Why? Because Jesus knew that very night the man was going to die. He had saved up. He's going to kick back and relax. The only problem was he was never going to get to kick back and relax because Jesus said, tonight you're going to die. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning. Guys, we have to think beyond just this life. See, in this world, there are no guarantees in this world. James 4.14 says, How do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like a morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. To put all your chips on the table in this life is foolishness. You know, I liken it to, to making the lottery your 401k plan. Yeah, and then there's a lot of people who do that. You know, they think, man, I might win, and it's going to change my life. Well, you might win, but the odds aren't good. You know, last year, $69 billion was spent in, in buying lottery tickets in America. $69 billion. You know what the odds are of winning? One in 175 million. The same odds as lightning hitting you in the head on your birthday. Now, somebody after the service said, uh, they said, that reminded me of Dumb and Dumber, where he, I should have stood up and said, so you're telling me I've got a chance. Uh, yeah, not good. Okay, not good. Now, while you don't have, while the odds aren't real good for you, if you invest everything you've got in this life, let me tell you something, the odds are worse. You know why? Because you have 100% chance of not surviving this life. Or you have 0% chance of surviving in this life. And so if you invest everything that you have in this life, you are playing a losing hand every time. Man in our text, he invested everything in this life without giving thought to the next one. And what happened? He ended up losing. He lived life like he had all the time in the world, but he didn't. Some of us are coasting through life thinking we have all the time in the world, and we say, I will get everything right with God later. And then I'll live for him. I will start thinking about the things of God. I'll start thinking about my eternity once I've had the opportunity to do whatever it is that I want to do. But to do that is a huge gamble. Because time is limited. And we don't know how much time we have. And the question of what's next is coming for you and for me, whether we're ready or not. Now, what, what's a big mistake we make, or what are some mis mistakes we make about our eternities? Well, one, we live like this life is all there is. We live like we have all the time in the world, and this is the last one. We don't live in light of the next life. And we're, at verses 22 through 31, uh, for time's sake, I'm not going to read that, because I have a, a little video clip I want to show you instead. But in verses 22 through 31... Jesus talks about how, how God is more concerned about you than all of the creation that he's made. He said, I take care of creation. Don't you think I think of even more of you? 
And he goes through all these different scenarios. And, and you, can, you can read those verses about how he tells us not to be anxious, but to trust in God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. In other words, it, we know instinctively, we know intuitively that there is something beyond this life. You know, over 90% of the world's population, 95% of the world's population believes that there is a God. And where does that come from? God has etched himself in the hearts of men. He lets us know that he exists. The only thing you have to do is you go outside sometime without being so jaded and just look at creation. As I look at creation, I think, this is unbelievable. Do you know how precise creation is? I know most you probably know more than I do. But just some of the stuff, the preciseness of creation... You know, the, the earth is set at just the perfect axis to support life. We are just the perfect distance away from the sun for life to be supported. Now, I know there's a lot of people who say that's all, that all happened by chance. I believe that came about because of, you know, because of certain things, certain scenarios that just somehow perfectly lined up. And you can believe that if you want to. I just choose to believe the obvious. What God's Word says. Romans 1, 19 and 20 says, For the truth about God is known instinctively. God's put this knowledge in our hearts. From the time the world was created, people have seen the earth, sky, and all that God has made. They can clearly see God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and His divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. The man in our text, he was rich, according to the world. He was dirt poor concerning his spiritual walk with God. He wasn't ready for the next life. He didn't even live in light of the next life. So what can be done? Live in light that there is another life coming. Contemplate your eternity and allow your eternity to play a role in your present. Now at this time, I just want us to watch a, a video, a minute, a, probably about a three-minute video of a guy named Francis Chan who shared a little lesson about eternity that makes a whole lot of sense to me. So we'll show this video. It's going, man, what am I going to look forward to at the end? I'm going to bring an illustration that, this is like the first illustration I did. It was 20 years ago, but I can't think of a better way to, to explain it. Um, I actually didn't use a rope back then. I used a, remember, a, remember computer paper when uh, it was all stuck together and it had the holes on the side that you had to peel off? Remember that? I remember getting a, a roll, and some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, which is crazy to me, but because uh, that was the best, you know? And, um, and it never worked right because of the rolling things. But, uh, but I, I, had, I remember being a youth pastor and I put uh, that computer paper all the way around the room and... Uh, but I'm going to use a rope now because I can't find that computer paper. Um, imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever. Okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times. It doesn't. It ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. 
You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh man, I'm going to get to travel. Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? What about, th- what about all this stuff? It's, just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now, just to enjoy right now, not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb, it doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying. Down here, it's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's just this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line, and I'm going to forget what's behind me. I'm not looking around. I'm just going to, I'm straining. He goes, I'm straining forward. I'm like stretching forward for that mark. I'm going to pass this thing. I'm going to live this out, and I'm going to face him. I'm going to come before the judges, and he's going to hand me that trophy. He goes, I'm going to get it. And I haven't gotten there yet. He goes, but you better believe I'm using every muscle, exerting every bit about me, because I'm going to pass that line well. Are you living... For the red part, are you living for the white part? You living for eternity. See, if we're going to live like we're dying, let's embrace eternity. No, it's coming. The what's next, that's what's important. And so my hope for you is that all of your investment will not be placed here, but that you will place it and invest here for the next part. The man in our text, he didn't. And it cost him his soul. For those of us who invest in the things of God now, we have everything to gain. This life isn't all that there is. Let's live in light of eternity. Goodbye, do a die.